You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's going on, folks? We got a new episode for you, which you probably already figured out because you saw it in your podcast player and realized that, yeah, you're you're here. So that's what that's what matters. That's what matters most. But uh, I've got a really exciting episode for you today. I've got to play a lot of Justin's guitars lately, and I won't get into all of the blah 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 details about that. But a couple things before we get started, and one of those things happens to be about you acquiring new gear. So if you are planning on acquiring new gear from maybe somewhere like Reverb, maybe you've been eyeballing a couple used pedals and a guitar pick and a used pack of strings. I don't know what you're looking at, but if you're looking at something on Reverb.com, all you need to do to support this show is go to ToneMob.com slash Reverb and do whatever kind of shopping you're going to do. You do it through there, and a little portion will come back and help support the show, keep this going, and a lot of you are taking me up on that, so thank you for that. That helps keep the mics hot and the lights on and all that good stuff. Keeps me generating content, that's what it does. So go to ToneMob.com slash Reverb for any of your Reverb purchasing needs, and that will help out. Also, if somehow you've never heard of Reverb before and you don't have an account, all you have to do is sign up. So you can just slide over there and sign up for a new Reverb account. That helps as well. So ToneMob.com slash Reverb is the place for all of that. Also, don't forget about the pedal giveaways that we do every month. All you have to do is be signed up for the ToneMob newsletter, And on that newsletter, here's what you can expect. Once a week or so, I'll be emailing you. Usually it's going to be less than that because I'm busy. But usually it'll be about once a week. I'll be emailing you with all kinds of updates on Tone Mob goings on. Plus, you know, an announcement about the new episode that has came out. Any extra episodes that might be coming out just so you don't miss any of that stuff. That's just how you stay updated on all the really crucial things as far as Tone Mob stuff goes. So you go to ToneMob.com, you'll see a little tab that says Join the Mob. You click that, put in your email, boom, you're done. I'll never sell those emails, they're never going to anybody else. Those are just for you to stay updated on all things Tone Mobbery. And once a month, one of those newsletters that come to your inbox is going to have a trivia question in it. The trivia question will be about something that happened on the show, and... All you have to do is be the first person to reply to that email and you'll win the prize as described in the email. So that's a pretty easy thing for anybody to do. So you just go to ToneMob.com, hit the Join the Mob tab, and then you're done. Okay, enough of that nonsense. Let's get right into this week's episode with Mr. Justin Abernethy of Abernethy Guitars. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Justin Abernathy from Abernathy Guitars. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just sitting here uh, poolside, enjoying the weather. Not really. No, not really. No. Sitting next to a a milked-out, half-drinking, frosted, melted iced coffee. There's worse things. There's worse things you could be sitting next to. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This was this one actually was kind of a bummer. It was just super frothy, but not a lot of, uh, not a, like a lot of substance to it. You know, it's like mm. just all all foam. 
Yes, I do know. I do know about that all foam life. It's no good. It did the trick, though. Feeling good. All right. Well, as long as you're looking for function and not form first, you'll probably be okay then. <laughs> so, man, we have a we have we have a lot to talk about, but I want to get into into this before we do the kind of the way this podcast came about, which was I was at Summer Nam, I was at the Greer booth. Nick Greer gave me a bear hug and told me that I'm, and he picked up a guitar and said, you must play this. And I was like, well, <laughs> what is it? And then he handed it to me and I played it and it was one of your guitars and it was awesome. And then I said, Nick, you're right. I needed to play that. And I, and I left his booth. I went to the old blood booth, which wasn't too far away. And lo and behold, there was another one. And I was like, well, I guess I should play this one too. So I did that. And then I got back from Nam. And I was meeting a, a podcast, former podcast guest, uh, Frank Eero had came on and and he wanted to check out some gear and he was playing in town. So we were hanging out and he had one like in just rapid succession. It was like I went from not really having ex- any exposure to your guitars to playing three of them. And it was like, oh, I got to get this guy on the show. So here we yeah, are. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry for the silence. I was just grinning so bigly right now. I just uh. I didn't know what to say. Um, yeah, starting with Nick. Um, Nick's Nick's been great. Nick's been a huge help. Um, you know, uh, one of those things where just Instagram, you know, um, the community, this little guitar community we have here. I sent uh, Mike Adams a guitar, um, which was Bones. And I guess Frank contacted him saying, what's the story on this one? And so basically Mike and I, went and make uh went and met frank at a show he was playing at the at the uh, at the in la at the hollywood hollywood uh palladium oh, okay. right? hollywood palladium yeah hollywood bowl yeah. i don't know i don't know all those la videos it, it was or the palladium i believe yeah it's it was uh i get confused but uh so yeah that that's how he ended up with that one and then uh, at the same time, Nick had asked Mike, what's the story on the black one? And and I kind of had just reached out and sent him a message directly and said, hey, I got this gold one. You know, I can send it to you if you're interested in checking it out. And uh, just kind of went from there, you know, and he's, he, you know, seems to love it. And uh, he and I have actually become pretty good friends. We we speak almost almost daily through uh, messaging, you know, and oh, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, from there, it's just, you know, uh, he, he turned me on, hooked, hooked me up with Eli from Walk the Moon and um, hooked me up with Anthony Parag from the Mesthetics. And, uh, you know, the spider web just keeps growing, just you know. Keeps, keeps spiraling out of control. It's yeah, a- yeah, you know, just the interwebs. And, uh, and yeah, the old Blood Noise one, um, uh, Andy Pitcher turned me on to those guys. I was just kind of shopping around looking for anybody that needed a guitar for their booth. And he said, uh, you know, these guys always have a real beautiful booth and, uh, hooked up with them. And, and that's how that went down. So very cool. It's been good. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And it's, it's just the, the way you're right, the way these webs branch out and connect, they, they, you end up being able to talk to or do things with people that you never really, planned on or expected to it's really it's really strange this whole world is is so weird on i mean everything's been magnified like the level of connection you can have and that includes people that you never thought you would get to talk to 
like Frank's a good example, probably, at least for me, he was. Yeah. 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 Frank's great, man. You know, um, yeah, it, it's funny because I, I'm kind of the last person to to jump on board with the Instagram, and I, I was the guy that was just like, oh, you know, if ma- you know, making friends online, like you, you know, just just kind of like didn't really get it. And now, um, you know, now that I've c- kind of committed, it's it's uh, some some of the best friends I have right now are are friends that you know I only really speak to online, but um, you know, with with the guitar, it's like there's all always. A, this common bond amongst us, you know, and, uh, it's, it's just crazy. Cause you know, me, me being, you know, uh, just kind of, uh, extroverted introvert. Uh, I, you know, I don't like talking on the phone and, and, uh, I just, I don't really, um, get out that much that in that way, but having Instagram and just being able to do it through that, it's just, it just makes everything so easy. And, and, uh, like you said, you, you never know nowadays you can kind of, if, if the interest is there, you can kind of hook up with anybody. I mean, it, it the possibilities are endless, you know? Yeah. You kind of so just it, have it, to try. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I see people who treat, treat social sometimes, you know, this is a little less common than it used to be, but sometimes it's, it's like people just are, are, are awkward. And I always tell people to treat it kind of like a, try to treat it like a party. You know, you don't just like barge in and be like, hello, everyone. (laughs) This is my party now. Like nobody likes that guy. But if you're just like kind of there and you're you're just contributing to the conversation and not being a drag. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about really at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of have a tendency towards awkward, like, like, especially like a podcast. It, I can just kind of feel like I'm under the microscope, but, but yeah, I've kind of learned you just, just kind of have to be yourself. And, and, uh, you know, for me, for me, I, it's, it's really easy to get overwhelmed by what other people are doing and what other people are projecting. And, and I just keep telling myself, you know what, just worry about what, what I'm doing and just, you know, keep working towards my goals and, and don't worry about like, you know, like not like keep the blinders on, but, but don't worry about what so-and-so is doing and don't so-and-so is doing. Just keep, just keep my eye on the prize and just keep doing what I'm doing. And that always keeps to, seems to keep me on track. You know what I mean? As long as I just keep my eye on, on the goal, which a lot of times I don't even really know what that is other than just continue to love and build guitars. You know, as long as I'm building guitars, I'm happy. Um, things seem to work out, you know, so, you know, because I mean- it, I'm sorry. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was interrupting. Go ahead. Oh, you know, because there, there can be, um, just a lot of distractions and, and, you know, negativity and, you know, honestly, for the most part, I haven't really noticed any negativity ab- on anything. I, you know, I don't know if the, I'm, I'm sure those people are out there, but I just don't have a lot of interactions with, with, you know, n- anything negative, you know, other than like someone being angry over the twang dangler or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, I, I have found the Instagram in particular and I, I'm still kind of amazed by it. Now, don't get me wrong. If you post something, uh, if you post something political or you post certain things, it's going to be a dumpster fire. Like it's going to be, it's going to get right. real quick. And, and I'm not, I'm not one of those people that are saying stay in your lane or, or anything like that. I'm just saying as long as you put things out that, that are consistent with why people are following you in the first place, the likelihood that you're going to get a bunch of blow back is, is very slim. And I, I, 
I run a lot of accounts and um, and the, the negativity is pretty minimal on all of them. And I and I don't I, I don't know. I also think that that is it's part of the platform. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like YouTube. You can just sign up for a YouTube account real quick and just make a bunch of nasty comments with no consequence. And right. you can do that with Instagram too, but it's a little more of a process. You're a, it's a little more co- connected to you personally with your personal information. And um, I feel like there's just a, an extra layer of closeness and a slightly less anon- anonymous. Uh, I can't say that word. It's slightly less anonymous. Oh, that was better. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and I I think that might drive some of the, uh, you know, as far as social media goes and the internet goes, the slightly more positive nature of the platform. I'm not really sure. That's just my theory. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like too that um, you know, I feel like I have like with with the people that I am friends with, I I have more of of an interaction with. So it's not just like uh you know, like just speaking to a crowd. It's like, I'm trying to interact with these people and, and trying to answer questions and, and, you know, just be honest about things. And, uh, instead of just feel like I'm just, you know, like I said, just talking to nobody, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> so that it definitely makes a big difference. I think just, uh, the hum- putting, you know, the humanity in it or whatever, but, um, it's a good time. It is. It's a good time for sure. For sure. <laughs> it's uh, almost too, too good of a time. I find myself, I'm like, I'm sure every, everybody <laughs> listening just spends way an unhealthy amount of time looking at my phone. It's, you know, always afraid that you're going to miss something or excited to not share something or, or what have you. So it's, it's got to be taken in stride. I'd, I'd like to know, this is what I'd like to know before we get too off track into the weeds. Cause that's what this podcast does. What, where did you come from though? Where you don't just start making awesome guitars all of a sudden. There's a, there's usually a couple steps before you get there. So what's your, what's your musical backstory? How did you start playing? What got you into wanting to make guitars? Oh man, that's a, that's a good, that's a saga right there. Um, you know, it, it kind of started when I was a kid, uh, probably around eight or nine years old. Um, if I really want to get dirty, um, a cousin, a cousin of mine had like this acoustic guitar and, you know, it was always like, I, you know, it was just like, never let me play the damn thing. You know what I mean? It was always kind of like, uh, look what I can do on this thing, you know? And, and so that was kind of the beginning of it. Just like the fact that I couldn't play this guitar and I wanted to so bad, I just wanted one. And then that, you know, years kind of went by before I even ended up getting one. But, um, you know, one of my good friends in high school uh, played guitar freshman year, and uh, I heard—I think I heard him playing guitar or something. It's like, whoa! Like, you know, you can actually you can actually play guitar. Like, you can. This is something you can actually pick up and do. And it was—it was just kind of like a light went on in my head. Like, I, I just never really thought that. Oh, yeah, I can start learn how to play the guitar. You know. So uh, I ended up getting one um I, I bought it with like an antares les paul it looked just like the guitar uh, jerry cantrell plays it in the wood video it was like all natural les paul and uh that was kind of my introduction into into working on them because it had some kind of like ground problem so i opened it up and was trying to trying to fix it. I, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I fixed it or not, but I did realize that if I touched this and this, the, the noise would go away, but I don't think I even knew how to solder then. But, uh, 
so that was kind of, you know, my first guitar, I guess. But I, uh, I was a freshman in 1990. So um, around the same time, you know, Nirvana had just come out. And uh, that was, you know, probably one of the first bands that like was like, you know, a, a band that I, you know, I mean, I, I had bought in like Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet as a kid. But that was like the first band that I really kind of started to get into. And, uh, you know, Pearl Jam and, and, uh, Alice in Chains and kind of the whole, all that, when all the Seattle thing kind of exploded. So, uh, there was, there was just like a lot of awesome music happening, you know? So it was just kind of a good time to, to get into it, I guess. Um, you were the perfect age too. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, I think 15 when I got my first guitar and, uh. I think the first thing I learned how to play was Enter Sandman and uh, like, cause it was like actually on the radio at that time. And, and my, like my friend was like literally telling me how to play guitar over the phone. Like he, sh- he taught me how to tune it over the phone and, you know, put your finger on the fifth fret and hear that and make, you know, keep, you know, keep turning the key until the, the sounds line up and, you know, literally like kind of teaching me tab over the phone. So, um, Wow. You know, it was, it was, it was all, it was like that from the very beginning. I mean, I, th- I think I was playing in a band before, like I even could hardly even play, you know, um, which I think probably is true for a lot of people. It's like, you, you really <laughs> want to just do it so bad. And then, you know, playing kind of comes later learning how to play, but the spirit was there from the beginning. But, uh, so yeah, so that that was kind of how I how I started, you know, got into guitar, and it was it was like immediately immediately consumed my life. Like earlier today, we were talking about um, you know hunting and fishing, and you know uh, up up until I started playing guitar, that I was like full on, you know, in the, in the outdoors and fishing and going hunting and and uh, and you know, and then I got the guitar when I was fifteen, and then I started driving when I was sixteen. So like like immediately, my life just turned into just nothing but the guitar and and uh you know like i said played in bands i started playing bass uh kind of to to fill up empty position and uh and then you know finally graduated high school and uh an opportunity arose to go and work in a music store basically uh apprenticing um for doing guitar repair so i jumped on that (laughs) excuse me and did that for uh about four years. And, um, you know, that led to, that led to going to work for Gene Baker at at Baker guitars. He came back from, I think he was working. Uh, I think the last thing he was doing before Baker was working for the Fender custom shop, but he was working for Roger Giffen at the Gibson custom shop as well. And he had started Baker guitars and he had moved to Santa Maria, which is just, you know, like 10 miles away. So, um, I got a job working for him. I was his first employee and, um, you know, that was kind of my introduction into really like building guitars. And, uh, you know, I, I, I started working in the neck department, building necks and, uh, you know, that I worked there for, for Gene until, until that shop shut down. And, uh, and then I went on to Ernie ball and I worked there for a few years, uh, working in assembly and working in repair and uh kind of got tired of working there and and went over to national resophonic where another friend of mine was working and uh i worked there for a few years fitting next to bodies and assembly and 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 working in the neck department again 
And then uh, Gene came back to town. Like he, he had started another company uh, called Fine Tune Instruments with his B3 line. And uh, he was, you know, I, I had kind of gotten tired of, of, well, tired and also just broke driving, you know, it was like 60 miles a day back and forth. And I wasn't making a lot of money. So, um, you know, Gene opened his shop and it was like literally like closer than the first shop is like six minutes away from my house. And, uh, I was going to, you know, be physically building guitars again. And, um, so I went back to work for him and not long after, you know, work starting to work for Gene again, uh, he ended up merging with a couple guys and, and they formed uh, premier builders guild, which was, you know, basically a, a U.S. manufacturer for doing, you know, uh, the Baker line, the Fanos, the Saul Cole stuff, Roger Giffen, uh, Jason Schroeder, they all had, you know, a, a small line that we were building in-house. And, uh, you know, that went down for a few years. And uh, basically, I got laid off and, and started my company. And that was basically the right at the beginning of 2014. That's kind of the con condensed version of the story. And, uh, I feel like I, maybe I drifted off the question. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit, but, but you'd brought up some good points. I didn't know, I didn't know all of that. And you, you've now worked for basically one of the biggest of, of big, you know, one of the biggest builders in the country, Ernie Ball, you know, they, they've got to be, they've got to be up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, or, for sure. And, and then also yourself, uh, one of the smallest builders in the country. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just, that's yeah. just the reality of the situation. And then every shade in between, like, yeah. can you compare and contrast those at all? Is there some things you liked about working on the more assembly line stuff versus the more custom stuff and vice versa or oh, what are yeah. your kind of perspectives there? Absolutely. Um, you know, um, well, like speaking, uh, speaking about Ernie Ball, um, you know, uh, working for Ernie Ball was working at Ernie Ball was, was great. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you were like looking for just a steady, just a steady job, you're the kind of guy that like works, likes working on the production line. You know, it was kind of the job made in heaven, you know, um, a nonstop supply of orders, uh, just busy work to make the day fly by, uh, short weeks. But, um, being, you know, me, me being me, like I, I, I didn't go to work there because I want to work on guitars. I went to work, I, I, you know, I went to work there kind of as a means to an end. And, you know, I, I love physically building the guitars. So, in that respect, um, there wasn't, you know, there was, it, it just wasn't the place for me. Um, so I essentially just kind of got complacent, kind of got bored um, of just kind of doing the same thing every day. Uh, people, people were great. Some of the, you know, some of the nicest people I've ever worked for, but you know, I, I just, I just needed more. I just needed to do something more. Um, whereas compared to like, uh, you know, like working for Gene, um, like for, for several periods, there was, it was just like he and I in the shop, he was, you know, on the computer dealing with customers or what have you, or running the CNC. And I, I was, you know, gluing necks and bodies or, or fretting necks or, or cutting inlays. And, you know, you got two people kind of, you know, doing the, doing everything. Like, you know, if one of us doesn't clean the bathroom, you know, the bathroom's not getting clean. You know what I mean? So, right, right. you know what I mean? It's, it's much different. And then like to compare it with what I'm doing now, um, 
like I've realized how how good I've had it in both because now it's like I don't take a single piece of sandpaper for granted or double stick tape or anything. You know what I mean? It's like every I cherish like all my materials because now I'm actually buying this stuff myself and and uh so you know maybe maybe working for myself would have been a better perspective working for them in the long run because I would have you know appreciated these things more but uh Either, either way, I, I've seen both sides of it. And um, l- like I said, I'm at a point now where like, like uh, um, if I'm not sanding a guitar, guitars aren't being sanded. You know, you know what I mean? Like if I'm not out there working, then nothing's happening at all because I'm the only one doing everything. So um, it's just much different. I like it. I like it like that. I mean, I'd, it'd definitely be nice to have help. But um, with my OCD and everything, I, I like just being able to stay right on top of everything and and just having all the details under my wings like that, you know? Um, but you know, I've, I've enjoyed both, you know, on another, on on another hand, um, you know, working for somebody else, you don't have to worry about, um, orders and, and, you know, keeping food on the table. You just keep working, you get a paycheck, hopefully, you know? So I'm still working towards that, you know, (laughs) it's like on one hand, I don't have the overhead, but on another hand, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, purely self you know, I, I have to be purely self-motivated and I have to get out there and, uh, make it happen no matter what. So it's exciting. Yeah, I can, I can kind of relate to that. I, I definitely, you know, for years took a lot of comfort in just, you know, being able to just go somewhere, do the job and go home. But I also had a lot of frust- frustration with it because it was, I, there was so much that was completely out of my control. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, I couldn't do anything about it. And I just was forced to do things that I thought were dumb and they were dumb. I still think a lot of them were dumb, (laughs) Uh, but that's how, that's how it is. You know, you don't make the rules, you do what you're told and you know, that's, that's totally fine. But I found that for my wiring, there's something freeing about, you know, it's, it's, it's pressure, but it's also, there's something nice about like, Oh, this isn't getting done. Well, why isn't it getting done? Cause you didn't do it. Like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go do it then. Like, I can fix that problem. You know, like being able to uh, being able to actually drive change and like make things happen, whereas before my hands were just completely tied. Yeah. It's kind of a nice, a nice feeling. Yeah, it's it's become now to a point where like, you know, uh, building guitars is like the one thing I can count on because I, I know how to build the guitars. I, I love building the, the guitars. That's no problem. But like the business part of it, putting a price on it, you know, making, making like any kind of quality audio or demo for people to see that's, that's a constant um, struggle and work in process because, you know, I can be a jack of all trades to an extent, but um, you know, it's like, am I going to waste half the day setting up the camera to try and get a shot of me doing what I just need to be doing? Or am I just going to do the work and, and get it done so that I can move on to the next step? You know, it's kind of constant, like a walk in a fine line between, okay, I'm trying to make some, some substance to put on Instagram that looks cool. But at the same time, I can't spend too much time on it because like, what am I trying to do? Make a video or finish this guitar? You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's always kind of juggling that with, with everything though, you know, with the, with the website and like I said, with doing audio and, and, you know, it's just, there's only so much time in a day and, and I, I sleep very little as it is. So just trying oh, you to, too. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know, the deal. 
<laughs> you know, you know, for me, it's not, a, it's not a lack of being tired. Honestly, it's just, I, I'm just always so excited to get back to it. Like I just, you know, I'm always on, I'm always ready to go, you know? So it's not that like I, I'm up at night worrying with insomnia. It's just like, I'm so excited that I just can't fall asleep because I'm anxious. You know what I mean? So it, it, it works for me and against me. We got, you know, what we got to do, we got to get you in one of those float tanks. That's what we got to do. I'm in. It should, it should calm down. I'm, I'm telling you, I was very skeptical, but I've become like a, a huge fan in the last year or so because of that same reason. Not, not just like the excitement. I'm excited too. Like it's, it's incredible that we get to get up every day and work on this kind of stuff. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it's hard for it to feel like work sometimes, even though it is, it's, it's just like, Oh, this you have to like reimagine what work is. But what that's done for me is it's 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 really hard to turn my brain off, just like what you're talking about. Yeah. And I've I've found I I those those float tanks are for me anyway, it's like, oh, I'm just gone. I'm just gone for a little <laughs> while. And nice. and for somebody who's hyper plugged in the way I am, I'm just always plugged in. It's so good to just unplug. And I'm I'm kind of dreaming about um, you know. I'm not sure what kind of time frame we're talking about. It's still probably several years out, but the hunting and fishing you were talking about earlier, I'm like, yeah, ah, kind of looking forward to leaving the cell phone in the drawer and going out in the woods for a week. I'm Absolutely. Really, I'm really looking forward to that. A yeah. Lot. Yeah. That that's, that's like the, that's kind of like one of the most refreshing modern day things that I, I think I personally experience is just, you know, um, just on, on the daily to some extent, just, completely turning it off and and making a point of physically turning it off and going out and just getting some vitamin d playing you know what i mean just just uh you just got to do it and i think we've become we've become so digital now and it's yeah and i think it's a great thing like we were talking about like some of the coolest people that i get to talk to are because of the internet i love the internet but i do think that it's having a um you know, especially for guys who kind of grew up the way we did, like coming, like we came into the internet, we weren't born with it. It's like, it's still like a little bit jarring and also like, oh, we just spend all our time in here. That's what we do now. What, yeah. about, the tree? what about trees and stuff? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's weird because, um, you know, um, aside from just being amused by it, all, all you know, like it's literally become, um, you know, part of my business is being on the phone and emailing and talking to people and posting pictures and what have you. And a lot of the time I, I, I hate, it's like, I, I hate being on, on my phone in front of Lola, my daughter. And it's always kind of like a constant thing of just like making sure that it's like, it's almost kind of like, uh, it's like, I'm like, you know, it's I'm not like hiding it from her because I know that, you know, the technology is something that, you know, you just kind of have to be a part of these, you know, these days, unless you're going to be like Grizzly Adams and live out in the woods. But I feel like it's like, it's like a guilty thing. I don't want to see her, see see her. I don't want her to see me just sitting on the couch on my phone because it it is, it's, it's not what I did as a kid. You know what I mean? It's like go outside and and break your face on a skateboard or something, not, not sit here on on the phone. You know, you know what I mean? It's, it's just such a different reality that uh, I, I find constantly find myself just, you know, fighting it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really a strange, it's a strange situation we've kind of found ourselves in as a society where we want to be connected, we want to be 
available, but we we sometimes make ourselves too available on our phone and and uh, not as available in real life. And it's a weird thing that I don't think any of us ever ever really anticipated, probably. But we better uh, maybe slide into something else because this is a this is a subject that I could go on and on about. So uh, let's see here. So throughout all this stuff, you're you're working at all these different companies. You're you're doing your own thing. Do you have a band? Are you playing music at the same time, or what? What's the story there? Uh, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, I I was playing in a, a few different bands. Um, I was playing in a band called uh, Twelve Ounce Savior for a while, which was uh, I was pretty much playing like lead guitar in that and. Uh, and then I was also playing bass in a punk band called The First Line. So, um, yeah, I, I continued to play music throughout working. Although I, I haven't, you know, I haven't played in a band now probably in, oh man, probably like eight or nine years. It's just turned into uh, just the bedroom rocker thing, you know? Oh, yes. I pretty, do know. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, it's, know. Uh, I... I I do miss it, but at the same time, like, man, honestly, I'm, I'm in bed like by eight o'clock every night and most shows don't even start till like 10. So, you know, and plus I, I don't drink anymore, so I don't even like being in a bar, you know? Right. So, right. you know, and, and, you know, like, like we were kind of talking about off, off the air, it's like, I kind of hit a point where I realize, you know, I'm not going to be a rock star and, uh, that's not a reason to you know, if you like playing music, you should play it either way. But I realized, you know what, this is this isn't going to happen, and maybe I should focus my attention on doing this instead. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's kind of you know everybody's at a different point in their life at, at with whatever they're doing. And I, for me, being in a band was always something I wanted to do, but not something I ever wanted to do for a living. Like I love making music. I will never stop making music if I can help it. And and so it was never like, oh, yeah, this, yeah, of course, like I'm going to go tour. And I was like, I never wanted to tour. I knew I wasn't a road dog from I like I hate road trips. <laughs> I really yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd rather get in a plane and and fly where I'm going to go and be there. And uh, guess what? As a small touring band, that's not going to happen. You're not going to be doing that. So um, you're going to be stuck in yeah. a van and in the desert somewhere. And that just sounded like not my cup of tea. I'm glad there are those doing it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, it's uh, it takes a special type because it's a it's the easier fantasy to live out. But when you're in a van with four other dudes that aren't concerned about their hygiene, and you know maybe you realize we're not as good of friends as we were, uh, just having band. You you know what I mean? Like certain things can come out in situations like that. So it's not always about your best intentions. It's also about just how, how you can work with the other people. And, uh, it's, it takes a special, you know, group of people to be able to put up with one another and, and go from, from state to state or from venue to venue and, and to be able to do that. You know, it, it's a lot of work, man, uh, mentally, mentally and physically, you know? So, uh, and yeah, like you said, I, it, not something I'm cut out for because I'm just too weak, too weak for the road. That's right. And I'm okay with admitting it. That's fine. I'm powerful. I'm powerful here at home, but I'm weak on the road, man. I need my, I need my comforts. I need my Tempur-Pedic. I need my baby wipes. That's right. I need my, I need my air conditioning. I need my float tanks. I need, right. I need all that right. stuff. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, 
the road is the road is rough even even for I think for like high level guys that have kind of the the best of everything. I don't I still it's still not easy. Like traveling is traveling's not fun even if you have everything taken care of. Like I can't I it's just a hard it's a just a jarring process and to be doing that to yourself changing time zones blah 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 everything. It's so it's so backwards from how we're wired as humans. I like no yeah. wonder it tanks your system totally. Yeah, I don't I don't travel well. I don't, I don't do good on the road. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've spent just like too much time here, um, institutionalized in my little, my little square space here that I always feel, um, you know, I'm from just Guadalupe is a beautiful little, a little, you know, farming town and, uh, out in the middle of nowhere kind of, you know, and everything, everything is, has a quicker pace than Guadalupe. So anytime I've got to go to like LA or, you know, if I get past Santa Barbara going South or past like, uh, you know, Paso going North, I start white knuckling it really hard and just, uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not a real comfortable driver, I guess is part of the thing, you know, like I, I drive fine. Don't get me wrong. But like, uh, if I don't know the exact path I'm going from point A to point B, I just get nervous on the road. And, and then you got all these psychos on, on you know, driving next to you and, and half the people are on their phones. You know what I mean? I'm paying attention. So, uh, unless someone's going to drive me somewhere, I, I usually don't go too far. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, With, I do. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of broke the ice with Nam last year because, you know, it kind of like, well, you're going to go to Nam or you're not, you know, it's, you got to go to LA. It's not coming to you. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and even there I had a friend, you know, one of my best friends, he, he came and he, he drove, basically drove me down there and, and, you know, drove me back. Cause like, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm at a point where it's like, well, how bad do I really want to go? Do I want to kill myself getting there? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's just like, I, I'm more likely to, 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 get up at like three in the morning and drive to LA when there's no one on the road than I am to just, you know, make a day trip out of it. So and we're only talking about three hours away. So. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> that's, that's three that's, crazy hours. <laughs> three, I mean, three, three hours driving in, in LA traffic is, is kind of like, like 17 hours being literally anywhere else in the world. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know it takes a while to get from point A to point B in that traffic. Um, you know, even if you're like, you know, you know, just going from one small town to the next, it's the, tra the traffic really slows you down. A, a 10 minute drive turns into a pretty much like an hour. Yeah, that would drive me crazy. I, I, yeah, I, we have pretty bad traffic here uh, on occasion. Well, I mean, pretty much every day in Portland, but it's it's nothing like la it's a it's like a whole it's a whole nother level of of insanity over there yeah it hardens you off so let's see let's see there's a few other things i wanted to talk to you about so the finishes at least on the guitars that i've played that you've you've made have been pretty unique i i would say they probably qualify as a relic but they're not really a traditional relic job do you have a way of describing these things uh, I don't know. I kind of like to hear what you have to say about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, go for it. You go first. I'll tell you how I feel later. You know, um, yes and no. I I'm not trying to follow the herd as far as doing the relicking job. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, it's, it's more than just some arm wear. I'm really just trying to, 
to break the thing in all the way around from, you know, the edges of the neck to the way the volume knob feels to the slickness on the back of the neck. Um, you know, just trying to make it as, as, as close as I can to something that I've handled before in the past. You know what I mean? Um, uh, in all details, you know, so. Something that's been, that's been sort of pre-loved in a, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, you get your hands on some of those old guitars and they just feel like magic. And, um, it's, it's almost impossible to, to play a guitar, a modern guitar that hard to get it to that point because of modern finishes. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's doable, but, um, you know, it would probably take a good 20 or 40 years of, of playing hard in a bar and leaving it around greasy fingers and sweat and, you know, just trying to, to make it feel as close as possible to the thing. Um, I feel like I'm kind of drifting right now. <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> it, it happens. I was, I was, uh, it's kind of a strange question I realize, but it's, I'm just I'm I'm well I'm looking at Bones right now a picture of him him rather I'm are we calling Bones a him I'm guessing Bones is a him it sounds like a pirate Bones name. yeah yeah Bones uh yeah I, I didn't really put a gender on Bones but I'm assuming that Bones is a him I guess uh, I don't it know. just you know I, uh, um that was like that an aggressive just, type of a piratey name that's the only reason I went there but who knows yeah you know the the, the white undercoat coming through the through the black, just especially on the back, it just looked like a rib cage to me, you know? And, uh, and then like, as you said, the, the finish, I'm, I'm using this old, this old hundred year reclaimed fur and it's got a real unique texture to it. It's real, it's real ribby. Uh, it's got real intense, soft, soft and hard grain. So that's how you kind of end up with this real textured finish. Um, and then, you know, trying to, trying to simulate, you know, uh, the color with, uh, you know, 20 years of, of sweat and, and, and nicotine and the natural progression of the paint yellowing and all these things trying to, you know, foresee and, and, uh, basically recreate that. It's, it's definitely more of a process, um, how do I say it? it I, I definitely have to think it out more than if I was just going to just finish a guitar normally. You know what I mean? There's a lot of steps that I would or wouldn't do. Um, kind of like from a guitar building point of view, everything that you learned to do building guitars, you kind of have to throw out the window as far as, you know, it's just, just certain, just certain steps for finishing and sanding techniques where you would normally use blocks, use your hands and, and uh, I don't know. It's, I've never really had to explain it too much, but it's <laughs> that's, it, that's interesting. It's quite a process, though. Yeah. Can you talk more about that wood? What do you? What do you got? What hundred year old? What did you say it was? Pine, spruce? Is that what you said? Uh, it, it's fir. So you know, it's it's fir. in the I'm same, just swinging and missing all over the, all over the place over here. Yeah, basically, what your front fence is probably made out of, you know, or your house. Uh, it's you know this old stuff. It's um. I've, I've got a, a local source for it. the stuff is the stuff that I've been using right now. I think it was came out of a, a building in Boston that they tore down or I, I need to 
find out the true history of the wood because I think it's kind of interesting and I don't know it, but, uh, but yeah, it's just this, it's just some, like a lot of the stuff I'm using is like reclaim old form boards or, uh, you know, beams they would use for houses. And, uh, this stuff is really dense and, um, kind of heavy. Uh, you know, I have to do a lot of kind of hogging to get it down to a weight that I like. And it's just got a lot of character. It's, it's, uh, it's got, it's got a very pronounced tone. I wouldn't say bright, but it's, it's just really projects. It really resonates. It almost has, a, you know, I kind of explain it like, you know, if you're, if you're, everybody's kind of probably by mistake or by purpose been playing the guitar standing up and you put, put the headstock of the guitar to the wall, you know, or to the door. And it kind of just like, all of a sudden it kind of amplifies the guitar. It kind of, kind of has that kind of same effect against your body. The stuff just oh, really, just wow, just really, it just really rings, you know. And uh, it's got a, it's got a unique tone. It, I, I wouldn't really compare it to, you know, mahogany or alder. I'm sorry, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, where, how did you find the source? How did you, what, did you, where did you get inspired to start using these kind of materials? Oh, you know, that's a good question. Um, and you know. Uh, Wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> Nobody even knows. It's it's a mystery. I, I don't think anybody does know. Uh, you know, I think yourself? what? It, yeah, you know, I think I kind of stumbled on it kind of accidentally. It was kind of more. I I've had I've had this like stockpile of lumber that I've had like I've been collecting for years and years since I since first you know started working at Baker, and um, I think over the course of just building these guitars, I've I have finally kind of whittled down my stockpile and uh i was just looking for a lo local source of lumber and um you know came across this part you know i want to think there was something more specific that led me to the to the fur um have you been using it for a long time no no i kind of started using it with uh with the sonic empress model i've kind of i've kind of really only been using it with the sonic empress model and uh you know, okay, I'm kind of getting it, you know, part, I would have to, I would definitely would have to say part of my inspiration for, for using the fur is, uh, is been inspired by Novo. Um, I know that, that Dennis likes to use that reclaimed or, or the, that tempered, the tempered, um, pine, I think. The, yeah. Yeah. He does some pine stuff for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, just a super, she's a huge fan of, of, you know, Dennis's work. And, um, I've got a few friends that work there and just really kind of being inspired by a lot of what he's doing. And, uh, I think that part of it, maybe I kind of stumbled across the fur that way, you know, um, but I can't say specifically, you know, I think more than anything, it's just something I can get here locally. And it's, it's, you know, fairly inexpensive compared to like what I would was paying for before. I feel like that's a cheap answer. <laughs> i feel like i'm cheating the audience i do i feel like i'm to we're totally cheat right we cheated right now i want my money back you know what? <laughs> later on later on i'm gonna be like oh that's why i was using it damn it that's right like oh we'll have to put a footnote in there i don't know we'll, yeah or you'll just have to come back on sometime and and speak a bunch of nonsense that sounds sounds pretty good to me yeah the stuff is really unique though it's just you know it's it's really it, it takes a little bit more work to make the stuff workable because it is so old and it's brittle. 
but once, you know, once I have this stuff all dialed in, it's, you know, it's, it's just like working with anything else, I guess. It's got a really intense smell though. Like, uh, it, well, what was that? Did you hear that? Uh, I, I heard something. Sound like you got oh, okay. a notification or something. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure we're, we're still connected. Um, it, it smells old. It smells like if you went into like your grandma's house or, or I don't know, but it's got like a really unique old smell to it. And, uh, I don't know. I always feel nostalgic when I'm, when I'm working on this stuff. Sliding back to the finishes a little bit. Are, are you a, a nitro guy? Do you use something else or, or what's your thoughts on guitar finishes? All watercolor, all finger paints all the time. Oh yeah. For the durability yeah. sake. Of course. Yeah. Well, Lola, she's just got a stockpile of these 99 cent door, little, little finger paints. So, you know, you get about a hundred of those and melt them down and, Get your hand in there and you just get dirty. You just start slopping it around. That's what get you grease. meant when you said don't use traditional quote unquote techniques. I see what you're saying. I got yeah, it. Yeah, you you light a candle, you maybe take your shirt off and uh you start, you know, you just start caressing the guitar and, and then next thing you know, you got a beautiful finish. Sure. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm all lacquer here. Um you know, I, I never set out to be like Johnny Lacquer guy, but it's it's basically what I can spray. It's so easy to work with. Um, it, it it works well with what I'm doing because it, it checks so nicely. <sighs> Where you know, most other finishes, I don't think any other finish will will uh, you know age the way lacquer does. It's just it just really works good for what I'm doing. If if I wasn't distressing the guitars, honestly, I would probably switch to water-based or something and I, I might do that eventually anyways but uh for now um sticking to the lacquer nice yeah. I, I, I make jokes with with uh, my friends sometimes when we're talking about guitar finishes and how how much i i do prefer nitro not because it not because of sound but i actually prefer it because it's a worse quality finish i like that <laughs> i like that it that it wears and that it gets like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as durable. Like, and it's more like I, all the things that are wrong with it are the reasons that I like it. And I just, I always, I was just telling my friend about this the other day. I'm like, yeah, I, li I really like that guitar with the lower quality finish on it, which is, is a, is a terrible way of saying it, but it's kind of, <laughs> kind of accurate sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not uh, the greatest finish to be honest. I mean, for guitars, it's great, but yeah, I, I, I took a painting, uh, like an automotive painting class uh, in, in, uh, in like one right after graduated uh, high school, I guess you could call it college, but I wouldn't really call it college cause I didn't go for very long, but uh, I took a painting class and, and, the, and the teacher was like, yeah, you know, they used to paint, you know, paint cars and in, in lacquer and it was a horrible paint. It would oxidize and, you know, just kind of went on and on about how horrible this stuff was, but, and it's, you know, it's kind of true, but that's, that's kind of that characteristic is it's what's awesome about it with guitars. If that's what you're into, because it does, you know, it does move and it does wear and, you know, like it yellows and like, as opposed to like a urethane finish, um, you know, you're never going to wear through that finish. You know what I mean? It's like a plastic shell on the guitar and, and nothing about the tone or, or, here or there or whatever but if you're into a guitar that's going to wear with you lacquer is definitely where it's at you know what i mean well, yeah, i'm definitely. sure there's other finishes too like you know hand rubbed finishes or a lot of hand rubbed finishes are probably the same anywhere where you're not using like a urethane or, or heavy enamel but um but you know lacquer is the only one where you have like 
pretty much any color under the sun and, and, and what have you, you know what I mean? It's got its own, you know, unique characteristics. So I really like it. I do too. I think it's wonderful. I, I just love it so much. I love how it smells. I love, I just, I don't know. I'm super, I'm, I'm super hooked on lacquer, which sounds worse than I actually mean it. That makes it sound like so, I got a problem. So yeah, I was going to say you love the way it smells. Are you like putting it in a, in a sock or are you just like liking it paper from bag. afar? Paper bag. Yeah. <laughs> Put my guitars yeah. in a paper bag in the heat and I just let it evaporate just into my so face. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. kids. No one do that. Do, I don't actually do that. Oh no. Someone's going to get that sound bite. This is not good. Do, do not do that. No one no. do that. In fact, don't do anything that is suggested on this podcast. There we go. I wonder if that like covers me legally for any impl- in, any implications at all. Just don't do any of the things we talk about here. We'll be From fine. Here forward. N- yeah. Well, no, ever. Anything that's ever been discussed on this podcast, I don't want to be responsible for it. <laughs> <laughs> We've said some dumb things, or I have said some dumb things on here, rather. Nice. I like how you take responsibility there. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's something I've been doing since I was a teenager is uh, shoving it off on other people. I feel like, why not? <laughs> I don't, I got enough problems. I don't need to deal with responsibilities for my actions. That's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to suggest. So we're getting down to kind of the last few minutes here. And I got a, got a few more questions for you. If you, if you don't mind, let's do this. All right. We haven't talked about pedals yet which seems mm. ridiculous mm. because I love guitar mm. pedals so much. And we came together through guitar pedals. But speaking of pedals, what is your favorite boss pedal? Ooh, the fabled boss pedal. Hmm. Well, well, hell, let me think here for a minute. My, my boss, my collection of boss pedals is limited. I would have to say out of the boss pedals that I have, uh, my favorite one would probably be the digital delay pitch shifter one. That's a pretty, uh, pretty unique pedal. I can't believe I don't own one of those. That keeps coming up in conversation. I've never played one. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the ones that I've, you know, to rewind the story a little bit, I'm not a huge pedal guy. I mean, I like pedals, but in my day to day, I'm more of a, just plug right into the amp, you know? But um, most of the pedals I have, I bought, you know, like 20 years ago. So in a way, the digital delay pitch shift was one of my newer pedals. <laughs> right, um, right. But, but, you know, it's, it's one of those ones. It's, I, I don't know how useful it is in a, in a you know, like a real life situation. I've, I've heard different guys using it. Um, on different things. I, you know, I, it seems like there's a lot of pedals these days that kind of do what it does. But back then it seemed like it was kind of an oddball. Yeah. I think it, I think it was pretty unique for the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it probably kind of still holds, holds up the same. If I need to get wacky, I pull that thing out. Um, so yeah, I'm going to call that my favorite boss pedal. That's a, that's a good pull. That is a, that is a solid, a solid choice. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute though. Hold on. Oh, if I if oh, I, oh, I don't oh. I don't know if it counts as a boss pedal, maybe a rolling pedal, but I would have to say in the line of boss slash rolling, I would say the pedal I probably use the most would be the um the uh 
the one, uh, oh man, I can't even think what it's called now. The two pedal, the red one where you can, uh, the loop station. Oh, the loop it's, station. Yeah. That, that's a, that's yeah. a boss pedal. That's definitely a boss. Yeah. Pedal. Yeah. So that's, I guess kind of my, my favorite too, you know, the pitch shift delay and the loop station it's on there. Yeah. It's sealed. It's on the internet. It's real. So you can, yeah. And it. oddly enough though, I've never used the two together. So, cause there's probably about 10, 10 years of separation between the pitch shift and me getting the, the loop station and the, the paths just never crossed. And today that will change and you will post today. it on Instagram for all. <laughs> you know, it's probably, it's probably going to have to happen now. It, it makes a lot of sense. I think, I think now that you've, you've committed this far saying that those are your two favorites, it feels like, you know, circle the wagons, make this thing whole and, and post it on Instagram. If it didn't get posted on the gram, did it really happen? That's what everyone well, wants to know. What would the 43 year old me do with the pitch shift and the delay hooked up? You know, that's a mystery would, right there to myself. It would probably be something like you'd probably like hit a note and it'd go like boom, and then it'll go like wee dee dee doo 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 or something like that. That's probably what you'll do. Yeah, with that one, it goes perfect. It's yeah, it's a weird pedal, man. It's hard. It's a hard one to. Yeah, it's it's hard to recreate with your mouth. <laughs> without like i would have to put the mic down and like really get my body into it and uh i don't have enough space to do that right here where i'm sitting throwing some hard okay. elbows i don't i don't want to ask you to risk injury for the sake of rec- recreating the <laughs> random boss <laughs> with your mouth it doesn't seem to be worth it i don't think i think it'd probably be better anyways to see in person than it would be to Again, hear you know you better you better do that for the gram as well that's yeah. you, do, you just do everything for Instagram these days. It, they they need it. it. The people are hungry for that content, and that's yeah. that's just the kind of content they're looking for. I'm sure. This is true. I have a video to send you later, but <laughs> <laughs> actually, I posted it on Instagram like three months ago. Some guy was was doing a a boss quote unquote a boss DS one demo, yeah. and somebody sent it mm-hmm. to me, and it. Uh, it was literally just like his whole demo station was like falling on him while he was trying to record this. <laughs> demo. It was, it was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie, but it was funny. Nice. Nice. It the DS one. Like yeah. I would have to say the DS one you mentioned, that is probably one of the five boss pedals I have. So I think everyone has a DS one, don't they? Uh, you know, I kind of think that that's like, you're not even allowed to buy any pedals until you get a DS one. Like I'm pretty sure. Or sometimes I I think in the old days, if you opened a bank account, they would just give you a boss DS one as kind of a gift (laughs) (laughs) depending on where you banked. That always reminds me of uh, a long time ago, Johnny from alchemy audio came on and after the show, he's like, Oh yeah, I want to send you uh, one of my, my modded DS ones. I'm like, Oh yeah, let me find a DS one. I got a DS one. I'll send. He's like, Oh no, no, don't worry about it. I got a bucket of them here. (laughs) (laughs) You have a bucket of DS ones. He's like, oh yeah, uh, I see them at a garage sale. I just pick one up. Never know when you might need one for something like this. I was like, well, uh, okay, then. that works. Yeah, you know, um, not to go rogue. I don't know if you have, if you have more um, pedal questions for me, but um, you know, I, I recently just, uh, you know, that damn Josh Scott. He's got everybody lit up about pedals, and I'm one of them. I had to find, yep. uh, I had to find the chicken salad, the Dan Electro uh, vibrato, the the. the um, the Leslie speaker. Yes. It's a great pedal. And, 
And I tell you what, it did not disappoint. And so, you know, like now, you know, like I said, it's been years since I bought pedals, but now all of a sudden I got on, uh, I was on eBay and I found myself the PB and J it's still in the package. I went on reverb and I found myself the surf and turf, the compressor. So, you know, I have some new pedals coming in the mail, which is, you know, it's just kind of funny. You asked me about pedals because normally I would have no action for you, but I've got some Dan Electro action. Actually, actually, I think I saw that you had like the real to real delay going today too. Uh, yeah, well, I I picked up a few months back on kind of a whim. I picked up a a Dan Electro Real Echo, uh, which is nice. Their their yeah, their kind of tape emulation that they did oh, a long time ago. But this one was like yeah. almost brand new in the box. Like it was super super clean. So. Yeah, I'm going to do a video with that later this week for sure. I, I was like, oh, I forgot I had this. I got to do a video with it. So, yeah, toys, man. I was told uh, by a listener, uh, Paul Marsh. Hey, Paul. Uh, he said the, the only difference between men and boys are the the uh, the expense or the, the amount that their toys cost or something. I just butchered that whole that whole saying. It actually rhymes and I just ruined it, but that's OK. That, uh, that and a hemorrhoid. <laughs> yeah, well. Let's hope that you're not not a man until you've had your first hemorrhoid. All right. I'm putting that down on the internet right now. Is that how that works? I I think so. I think so. Okay. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to consult a physician about that or something. I'm not sure that that's entirely scientifically accurate, but it's just, again, I don't want to be responsible for anything on the internet, on this podcast. The body changes. I tell you when you hit 40, man, you need glasses and and you got to start getting that fiber in there, man. No joke can't mess around anymore i believe it i've 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 seen some changes at 30 that i wasn't expecting like hey wait a minute i was told this doesn't happen until you're 40 why 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 can't i breathe why can't not really why am i so out of shape all of a sudden what's going on the night before my 40th birthday i could see i had 2020 vision the day of my 40th birthday i was blind it would happen that fast i've gone through like like three prescriptions already this is some sort of cruel joke being played on us. It has to be. <laughs> it is, man. I think if you like looked at the human from like space, you could probably see this stuff coming. But like right here in in the here and the now, it's just you know you just got to wait for it to happen. I'm just gonna gonna compliment you further. I, I really like your guitars. I've told you that already. I'm even more impressed that you can build them blind. That's just incredible. I don't know how. <laughs> this is some next level stuff, really. Really amazing. It's a feel, it's a feel thing. You got to get used to you know your materials, and uh, you know once you can build one in the dark, then you know you're set up. You know you're ready to move on to the next level. So you're a true master once you can build an entire guitar in the dark, or in the bathtub. Also in the up. bathtub, that gets wow. tricky, especially that when does. there's power tools involved and wood. Things, I mean, I feel like things that's get just slippery. As, yeah, that sounds dangerous. But, you know, extreme, extreme luthery is what this is. We're talking about an extreme sport now. Maybe we can televise yeah. it. Yeah. You know, the, the steam in the water, though, it keeps the sawdust down to a nice manageable level, though. So it's, you know, it's got its ups and downs. It's got yeah, its pluses and minuses. Yeah, you might not have to wear a dust mask. That could be a... It's, could hard, be a it, it's harder to hold a file, though, when you got prune hands. It's, you know, so everything and <laughs> everything in moderation. All right, Justin. We're reaching, we're reaching the end of the podcast. I know we've, we've covered a lot of good ground here. We've, we've gave people all of the information they could ever ask for and more. I mean, I don't know what more they could want, but 
I do have one more question for you. I'm feeling just this, stuff. This, this, stuff right now. this is the this is the big one. This is the this is the the granddaddy question. It's the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. What kind of pizza do you like? Oh man. Uh, well, to start off, I don't like pizza. I love pizza. Um, and my man, heart sank I, for a second there. That was whew. All right. Okay. All right. We're good. I feel, We're good. I, feel, I, feel, I feel like you're asking any mother to like say what their who's your favorite child. You know, it's it's a hard call. To start off, I will say that generally, I'm a traditionalist. I like pepperoni, uh, like a combination: red sauce, pepperoni, mushrooms, olives, onions. Um. You know, for the most part, I, I, I'm not, I'm not too much of the, of the macaroni and cheese, uh, the, the pesto, uh, the pesto, you, you know, you know, I don't really roll that way too much, but that being said, I don't kick a, a, a like a, like a barbecue chicken slice out of bed. You know, if, if that's what you got, I'll do that. Right. You know, I'll do right. the do the white sauce I'll, I'll do pesto sauce you know if, if that's if that's the game you want to play i won't argue with you i'm not going to arm wrestle over it what about uh what about crust thicknesses you know regional styles anything else to add on there or you just pretty much if it's if it meets those specifications you're down you know uh i have my favorites and i have my favorites within the favorites um you know, I do love some thick crust. Uh, there's a there's a joint here in Orchid called Patricio's. It makes just this old school. Just you know, it's got like a pound of cheese on it. It's just just delicious. Like you know, you can eat like literally, you can eat like one slice and you just feel bloated. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, I also like uh, you know one one that we've been going to a lot lately is Blaze. You know, it's like that like the Subway of pizza, and they got that super thin crust and. Uh, it's just really enjoyable. I'll, I like them both, you know. Uh, I, I if if I had to choose one or the other, it would probably just be depending on the day of the week. You know what I mean? Depending on how many Oreos I ate last night or or how much water I drink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To decide these to decide these questions. These are the big ones. These are the 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 existential questions of life. If we if we're all honest with ourselves, I feel like. You know, there's important things in life, and then there's pizza, you know? And I'm not going to say that that falls above or below the line. You, you know, everybody's got their own, you know, journey to walk, their own line to walk when you're talking about pizza. It definitely is you, above the line. It definitely is. What are you into? What's your thing? What am I into? I'm into lots of different things, but I, I really, uh, I, was a big, I was a big New York pizza skeptic. For a long time, I, I looked at it and I thought, you know, it looks good, but it looks like pizza. I don't understand what the big deal is. And then mm-hmm. I got over there and I I now and I, I, I feel like I understand. I've, I, I went over there a couple times, had almost nothing but pizza the whole time I was there. And I'm like, ah, I understand what you guys are talking about now. And so, yeah, good. A good New York style slice is 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 pretty amazing for me. Um, but nice. I do like that, the, the, the wood fired Italian places that get a little fancier. I do. I do. We have a really good one here in town that I like, uh, called me familia. It's great. Nice. Um, but yeah, I like, I like a, a thin crust, you know, New York style slice is, is going to set me pretty, pretty happy. You, you know, you, you bring up questions that I never thought of before and it gives me something to look forward to. Like, uh, you know, like when you discover that band or, or that, 
that uh, that album that like you know it's like how did I get to thirty and I've never heard this before. Yep. And it's when you, you know, it's, it's in a way I'm kind of a pizza virgin because I've eaten lots and lots of pizza, like almost on the weekly, but I've only eaten the pizza, like in the radius around where I live. You know, you talk about New York. Um, I can't say that I've had real New York pizza. I've, I mean, I've had like, you know, um, you know, some, some big like New York style slices, but I don't know that I've ever had real New York pizza or, or like a real Chicago deep dish. I've seen these pictures of these, these crazy looking you know, deep dish pizzas. I've never had one like that before. So it's like, there's like this whole other world of pizza that I've never even dipped my little pinky toe into. So I feel like there's a giant kingdom um, of pizza awaiting me out there that I, I'm not even privy to. You, I don't even know if I know what my favorite pizza is. I might not even know that yet. I just know what my favorite pizza is up to this point in life. Oh, that's a good point. It's a good caveat. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Like your favorite pizza, maybe it has, you've never met it. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm ignorant. Mm, ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pizza ignorant. Yeah, yeah. I'm just living on a tiny little chunk of ground right here, man. It's like I, I don't even really know if I know what pizza is, to be honest with you. Well, I'll tell you what. You come up to Portland, and I'll take you to some really good spots. Uh, there's some spots up here, and a lot of people call shenanigans, and I did too. I did too. But there's a guy named uh, Anthony Falco. He's he makes his living as a pizza consultant. And he uh, he set up some good spots in New York, New York City. He's I don't know what like I'm not going to pretend to understand his whole career, but he did make a controversial statement saying that Portland was the best pizza town in America and people freaked out. And I disagreed. I was like, no, it's not. I, I There's no way. But then I hit a few of the spots that he was suggesting that I've never had before. And I went, oh, maybe I still disagree on it being the best pizza town. But we do have some really, <laughs> really good slices. So. There's that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Pizza consultant is that? Is that a? Re- did he invent that? Is is he? He might be my hero. Is that a real thing? That's what he does. He's like he 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 goes across the world and he goes to different restaurants and helps them like set up their pizza kitchens. That's what he does for a living. I'm just wondering, is he the first pizza consultant, or is like that already a job that like existed? I mean, because I don't remember ever seeing any kind of job opening for a pizza consultant. Because I'm pretty sure I would have jumped on that. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be making guitars right now and I'd probably be weighing about 350 and I'd be gr- greasy with a little slick little mustache and I'd be, I'd be, <laughs> sl- <laughs> I'd be slinging the pies. I I mean, but you'd just- be so happy. You'd be so happy. Yeah, it's kind of like, can I be like the ambassador for uh, for like uh, ice cream drumsticks? Is that a real thing? Because I'm happy to go, you know, town to town and, and talk about ice cream cones and, and how, you know, the different flavors and how if you mix the rocky road with a strawberry you know you're gonna end up with like a chocolate strawberry thing or you know what i mean i'm happy to talk about these things yeah i mean you're talking about the big issues the things that really matter i just wish yeah. that dc dc would finally listen you know what i mean like hey get, you know there's what america there's a, really needs like every every subject needs like a professional you know of some sort a genius a go-to guy i don't mind being that guy You'll be that guy for for ice cream that you're gonna be your, your new goal. <laughs> oh, one of many things, you know. I just, you know, you're 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 opening my eyes to these job openings that I just didn't realize were out there. You know, maybe I'll but, be like a uh, maybe I'll be like a steak a steak bite trier or something. There's got to be an opening for that somewhere, like a I fettuccine mean, noodle professional taster or something. 
<laughs> I'm a professional <laughs> professional Alfredo sauce tester. I'm a prof- I'm a professional Only Alfredo sauce. <laughs> I'm a professional French bread dipper. Well, be a saucier. A saucier. Ah, see, look what you've done. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because there is a listener with that last name. Shout out to Mr. Saucier. Oh, that's that's great, man. That's a great name. It is. It's great. It's a great, great, great guy. word. It's got to be a great job, too. All right, Justin, do you have anything else you'd like to leave the people with today? Oh, man, just my total uh, gratitude and thanks for for just thinking about me and for, you know, putting me on the show, man. It, it really means a lot. Like I said, I really cherish uh, I really cherish what I've started to consider like this, you know, extended family, which is, you know, the, this Instagram community. I've like I said, I've made so many really good friends that are more than just somebody that I type to, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, it's just really awesome. And, uh, you know, I mean, aside from anybody needing a, a kick-ass, uh, custom guitar, I just would like to invite everybody to, uh, come check me out. Send me an email if you want. I'm easy to reach. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it, man. That works. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I really enjoyed the chat and I look forward to, you know, hanging out with you on the internet and hopefully in real life in, in Anaheim here in a few months. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look forward to that for sure. We'll be there. uh, Yeah. I would guess if I was going to plug anything, I would say, yeah, I'll be at Nam again in winter and I hope to have a, a fat new crop of guitars to show off. So looking forward to that already starting to build those now. So that's what's next. Yeah. Very exciting. Very, very exciting stuff. All right, everybody. For Justin, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, we did it. We did it. Make sure you go to Justin's website. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Website. It's listed in the show notes. It's abernethyguitars.com. Pretty easy to get to. Check out his builds. Check him on Instagram. All that good, good stuff. And if you enjoyed this, if you enjoy audio content based around guitar type things, then maybe you might be interested in supporting the show on Patreon. Patreon is where you go to support creators, and there is an option there for you to get more episodes. That's right. More episodes streaming right to your ears. I put in a little bit of extra magic into those ones, too, if I'm being honest. Yeah, those are special. Those Patreon episodes are really special. No, but in all seriousness, if you want more conversations like this, if you want a little bit of me and Justin Porter sitting down and shooting the breeze, if you want, you know, some, like, strictly audio-based guitar stuff, I've been doing some demos on some of my weirder stuff in the collection, and it really gives you kind of a... it's It seems weird to, like, not have a video component to it, but I found on listening back, which I almost never like to do other than editing these things... Uh, it's kind of a nice experience. It lets you really critically kind of sit down and listen to what the pedal or the thing is doing. And as a bonus, you get to listen to my really bad guitar playing. So for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes and extra audio content over at Patreon. So you go to patreon.com slash tone mob. You can check that out and see if any of those levels are going to work for you. And if they do, thank you so very much. It means the world. All right, until next week. Uh, I'll see you next. See ya? I won't see ya. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Later. Bye.
One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.